Well, lovely to be with you once again on the fourth of this month of March, Friday of our first week of Lent, having just launched into this special season of grace this past Ash Wednesday. Francis Gargani, Redemptress of our provincial residence in Washington, D.C., happy to be your host. Presently, I'm actually in Johnson City, upstate New York, in the Diocese of Syracuse, giving a week-long parish mission with my Redemptress colleagues, Fathers Jim Wallace and Philip Dabney. Our gospel today is from Matthew chapter 9, verses 14 to 15. The disciples of John approached Jesus and said, Why do we and the Pharisees fast much, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered them, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. The whole reason we have these 40 days prior to our great annual celebration of Easter is to heighten our anticipation of those soon to become Christians in the Catholic tradition. Lent was, and hopefully still is, all about springtime. Lent is all about new life, new birth, new hope. The catechumens readying to enter our family of faith after their one or more year journey of formation give us hope indeed for their enthusiasm and excitement challenge us to live as disciples of christ ever more intensely and joyously their profession of faith affects us all and we acknowledge our fidelity to that same profession deeply affects them as it does everyone so like any family preparing for the joyous occasion of their daughter or son's wedding we welcome Lent as the immediate preparation to get ourselves in shape, as it were, to get our house in order for the celebration. Of course, Lent is all about Easter, the Christ raised from the dead, the ongoing mystery of his dying and rising in us. Lent's all about welcoming new life, new grace, new hope, new light, new healing, new forgiving, new reconciling love to us both as the corporate body of Christ, God's living church, as well as to us as individual Christ disciples, as well as channeling Easter liberation to our world. Easter is the great eternal moment of love's victory over hatred, evil, and death, God's love power of reconciliation, making all people and all things one. Easter is all about unleashing the power of communion upon us and through us to our wounded, alienated, divided, and hurting world. Lent is one more opportunity to make real the revolution of God's love in our lives and in our world by making it real in our communities of faith. The tripod of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, traditional hallmarks of faithful Christian living, are brought into sharper focus as effective Lenten practices, both for us as individual Christ disciples, but practices that hopefully can affect ongoing conversion for us as a church, as communities of faith. Today's scriptures focus on the second of those practices, fasting, 
one that's often gotten short shrift from us. For a good period of time, we allowed fasting to become pretty much a private practice, legislating we refrain from meat on Fridays, limiting our daily intake of food to one full meal and the two others not to equal that full meal. Fasting for many became a so-called spiritual weight watchers diet. But today's first reading from Isaiah pulls no punches to the fasting acceptable to the Lord. Isaiah thunders, this rather is the fasting that I wish, releasing those bound unjustly, untying the thongs of the yoke, setting free the oppressed, breaking every yoke, sharing your bread with the hungry, sheltering the oppressed and the homeless, clothing the naked when you see them, and not turning your back on your own. We need to discern both as individuals, but especially as communities of faith, what forms of fasting will engage us in the work of healing, liberating, restoring God's people and God's creation. What forms of fasting will in some way reach out to our sisters and brothers of the Ukraine? What forms of fasting will bring greater peace to our world? How do we channel our sacrifice of food, resources, and pleasure into avenues of reparation, restoration, healing to the, those refugees from that war, to those pushed to the margins of society, to our wounded planet, Mother Earth? What measures must we take that demand real fasting to begin an era of new birth for both the poor, the forgotten, the refugee, and our abused star planet. For Isaiah makes it crystal clear, fasting acceptable to the Lord is fasting that benefits others in real need. So all three practices, prayer, almsgiving, and fasting must be intertwined. Almsgiving and fasting need each other to form us as Christ's disciples rooted in prayer on mission to effect God's revolution of love. Longing before the mountains came to be, and the land and sea, and stars of the night, through the endless seasons of all time, you have always been, you will always be, in every in our refuge in every age oh god you have been our hope destiny is cast and at your silent word we return to dust and scatter to the wind a thousand years are like a single moment gone as the light that fades 
at the end of day in every age oh god you have been our refuge in every age oh god you have been our home teach us to make use of the time we have teach us to be patient even as we wait teach us to embrace our every joy and pain to sleep peacefully and to rise up strong in every age oh god you have been our refuge in every age oh god you have been our hope you have been our refuge you have been our hope